hello. <laughs> I don't, I was like trying to think of how to say hello. I was like, do I want like a hello and welcome or like a hello, hello, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? like in keeping with our theme, it should be like uh, good afternoon, brothers good, and good sisters. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It is once again, my pleasure to address you as. <laughs> Wow. It is once again my pleasure to address you. Welcome to the what? What episode are we on? Welcome to the one hundred. Welcome to the one and seventieth six semi annual, semi weekly. Weekly. <laughs> okay, I like it. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, what are we, what are we talking about again, Bishop? Oh yeah, policy Doc- versus doctrine. Doctrine. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the distinction? And how how do you make that distinction? Maybe to set the stage, I'll share what happened to me this week. Right. So my, my sister has a project that I'm helping her with because I am a good brother. And you know what? The way, and it's it's a Mormon project, right? It's not just like a, you know, oh, I'm helping her build a dollhouse or something. I'm like helping her on this very... Mormony thing, right? So and you're becoming part of the machine again. <laughs> I'm becoming part of the machine. But I was thinking about it. I was like, listen, I really like Star Wars, right? I talk about yeah. Star Wars like it's true. I might even someday make a Star Wars podcast. I don't know. But it's like, it, yeah, it's just this, you know, I just let myself see it as, well, they have their little fandom right mm-hmm. they have they have their fandom their thing that they do that you know depending on which end of the fandom you're on can be incredibly toxic right star wars <laughs> can be toxic too and so i'm just seeing it that way to get over the guilt of of helping her with this project but in this project she said that uh that baptism by immersion was one of the things restored in in the restoration of the church, right? And yeah. and she claimed uh, that in the Catholic Church, in the early days of the Catholic Church, how they did baptism for by immersion, and that proves that proves it that like that was the original way Jesus set it up, right? And Jesus was baptized by immersion and everything. And I just thought cool but that doesn't like mean anything right like oh well in the early days of the church they would wear this headdress and now we wear it too and that means that we're right right it's a policy thing right like you think god if there was one would be looking down and you know being like "Uh uh-huh okay good he is fully submerged all right i can check him off my list right like Right, that's like a human expression. It's a symbolic gesture. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate symbolism in practice, right? I can appreciate symbolism. But it just seemed so odd to me that it was like touted as like a doctrinal thing. Right, whereas you like you see the method and mode of baptism as being procedural mm-hmm. and, yeah. and a human creation rather than... So I, like I think one thing like what... And we talked about this in the episode, like what does God do all day mm-hmm. is that the fact that Mormons think that God cares about how somebody is baptized says a lot about what Mormons think about God and who God is. Right. Yeah. He's petty. 
he's a petty micromanager, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think other, other podcasts have gone as far as to discuss whether or not he's a narcissistic sociopath, but I wouldn't give him that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're too clever. In the, like he is a petty bureaucrat, right? Mm-hmm. Like they I've, I've heard of, and this is probably second or third or fourth hand information, but if you go into a company, the people who care about policy procedure and like the big offices and stuff like that aren't the people actually in the big offices. It's the people trying to get into the big offices who care about titles and and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's who God is. God isn't the guy actually in the big office. God is the guy who cares about getting into the big office and that's why he's petty. Hey, wait a second. (laughs) So, okay. Because the big office in Mormonism is the laws that are irrevocably decreed from before the foundation of the earth, that if God doesn't follow, God would cease to be God. That is the big office is these universal laws that exist outside of and beyond God, that God must also follow. And if he doesn't follow, he ceases to be God. Right. Which is such a funny thing to me. Cause if like, doesn't that make him not God? Like if he's like, there's something he's not in charge of. Yeah, he's right. not actually all powerful. He derives his power from somewhere, but to us, he is all powerful. Right, right, right. What... <laughs> so it's it's just it's so funny because it just puts creation like elsewhere. Yeah, right. Like it just it, it says, "How did nothing come? You know, how did something come from nothing?" It's like, well, that's like the same thing that Mormonism teaches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So okay, policy. Uh, versus doctrine. How did you yeah. see this when you were TBM? It's okay. So I think Dallin H. Oaks has come out and said, you know, for practical purposes, there's no difference between policy and doctrine. Mm-hmm. Right. And so really in my most extreme TBM moments, I was a hundred percent, even the things I didn't agree with, I'd begrudgingly do anyway, because I didn't see a difference between policy and doctrine. Right. But I think those words come out of a Mormon's mouth when they are pressed about something that is messed up and they don't know how to defend it. And then they just throw out, well, that's, that's policy. That's not doctrine. Right. And then it's the follow-up question is tell me the difference. And actually, like I remember when I was explaining my parents about how I wasn't going to do church anymore. One thing my mom said was, you know, that's just policy. And I said, mom, What's the difference? And she, you know, conceded to that. Yeah. Yeah, because how right? how do you tell the difference? Well, you wait 10 years and if they change it, then it was yeah. then it was just policy. Policy, yeah. But in turn like when policy comes out of the prophet's mouth, you're expected to follow without mm-hmm. question. Even though like and you know, even I remember as a missionary with some people saying because people would be like, well, you guys are just brainwashed. You say, oh, I got my own answer and blah, blah, blah. And people would say, well, you know, you're entitled to your own witness of what the prophet says in general conference, that it is true. And I was like, if you need that witness, you're not a true disciple. I had my witness already. I need no further witnesses. I will do what the prophet tells me to. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I talking to? I some Somebody was saying how they they watch general conference and then they go and pray about it, you know, and they yeah, try yeah, that, and receive that kind their of own witness and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, but then what happens if you receive that it's not true and that the church is apostate, but like everyone else is like, yeah, that was great. I loved that. Yeah. Right. Like, 
it's just you, yeah it, it doesn't there's a, there's a problem with that kind of thinking i think as well and just looking back and reflecting so if you hear something that makes you feel very very uncomfortable the answer is well pray about it until you don't feel uncomfortable about it mm-hmm. instead of saying what is the issue why do i feel uncomfortable about this what is workable about this? What is wrong about this? What is right about that? You know, mm-hmm. what can I be on board with? What can I not be on board with? What are my values and how does this align with what I believe? It's no pray until you believe it. And I think I can't remember which episode, but I talked about that movie frailty, which is about like a religious murderer and makes his son fast and pray in the ditch in their house or the, you know, the cellar in their house where they kill evil people <laughs> and, until the son has a revelation. Right. Right. And tell me the difference between what happened in that horror movie and what members get told to do after general conference. Right. The only difference there's, is that there's not murder involved. There, like that's it yet. Right. Yet. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> this there. I think people, people think that just because, you know, it's not damaging now because it's not immediately yeah. apparent that it's dangerous, mm-hmm. that it just is fine, right? Yeah. And, you know, okay, but it's using the same, like the conversation that we had with Counselor Davis about how, um, oh, now, I, now I'm like totally blanking on... Banality of evil? Yeah, the banality of evil, right? Like... It just, yeah. you know, seems fine. But then what happens when they decide, oh, actually, we're going to kill this group of people, right? Oh, well, right. the prophet said it. We're just preparing the earth for the last days. Yeah, it, like you see that in the Desnat handle, right? Yeah. Is that there are some people who literally believe like it's their their job or calling to maintain order in the church even with violence, like they yeah. haven't come out and been violent yet, but in terms of their content, they rhyme with alt-right extremist domestic terrorist groups, right? Yeah. They are, yeah. they are on that verge and they're just waiting for one comment that they can take as a green light. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think there's this weird thing. Oh, it was interpretation. I had this conversation with my sister as well. Mm-hmm. And she said something about like, like interpretation and, oh, well, that's how, that's how it's been interpreted or whatever. Right. And I say, or, oh, it was talking about, uh, past prophets and apostles and how they were racist. And, and I said, yeah. And, you know, they got that from the book of Mormon cause it's a it's racist, yeah. right? Like yeah. it is racist. And, and she said, oh, well, you know, they just interpreted it wrong. And I said, the idea of the Book of Mormon that they talk about all the time is that that saves you from false interpretations because you have, you know, the Book of Mormon, which you can check against the Bible. Yeah. Right. And I, I told her, I I said, you can't just, you know, go back and say, oh, it was just misinterpreted. It was just, Mm -hmm. you know, misinterpreted. And that, that's why we have this problem. And I'm, I told her, I'm like, you can't lean on that. And it led into uh, her telling me how frustrated she is because I treat people like they're stupid, apparently, which I try yeah. not to come across as that. I can see how I do sometimes, but you yeah. know, I'm human. I'm trying, right? 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I told her, I was like, you can't just like lean on, oh, it's just a misinterpretation, right? For everything, right? Oh, no, no, no. Like the, the church was never actually racist. It was just misinterpreted that way. What? No, I'm pretty sure that was the doctrine, right? It turned into with, policy. I found something interesting, um, and I almost feel bad about doing this, but when there are things that make you really, really upset about the Book of Mormon or, or church doctrine or whatever, the initial response is to just get fired up about how racist and corrupt the Book of Mormon is, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start spewing fire at members of the church, and and it backfires, right? Mm-hmm. And this this backfires a little bit, but you have the opportunity for critical thought is that I asked some missionaries, I said, the Book of Mormon teaches that God made the skin of the Lamanites dark so that it would be loathsome and, and unappealing to the Nephites. And he's, yeah, yeah, we, okay, yeah, we agree with that. I said, what part about dark skin do you think is the least attractive? <laughs> <laughs> And that fault, that question follows the logic of the Book of Mormon, right? Because what what they'll try and defend is say, well, look, God gave that curse to make it so that they wouldn't mix or something like mm-hmm. that. He wanted to keep his people separate or, you know, okay, I'll accept that. So which part of it do you think is the least attractive? What about dark skin do you think would be repulsive to a Jew? Right. And it's just, it becomes extremely uncomfortable. But that is the logical question that follows from the teachings of the Book of Mormon, right? So instead of getting all heated up about things and just spewing fire, you say, I'll accept your premise is true. Here's my questions about the implications about what you're saying. Hmm. Yes, but see, <laughs> see Bishop, that, that's, this is the problem is that that's just a metaphor, metaphorically darker skin. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I ran into that and I don't want to open it up right now, but I opened it up with them. And I said, this is not a metaphor. He said <laughs> their skin is black and like a flint and it's repulsive to my people. There's no wiggle room here, guys. That's what he made their skin dark. So they wouldn't want to hump. So what part about dark skin people do you find the most? I used whatever word the book of Mormon used, but you know, detestable, Right. Loathsome. What? It, what part of dark skin do you guys find the most loathsome? And well, <laughs> the Nephites were racist, but we're not. So God was racist for their. God was racist for their benefit. Like, so yeah, you keep going with. You're like, okay, just I'm accepting the premise here, guys. These are my questions. Can you help me out? But but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I think that's the most important thing that we can get out of this conversation is that God does not change. And that's a fact. Right. And so I, like I go with, like, if we accept that premise is true, that God doesn't change. So what's the implication of the church modifying things over time? Like how is the church's modifications of temple ordinances different from the Catholic church taking immersion baptism into aspersion or sprinkling yeah yeah exactly like i think that's a huge thing i wouldn't yeah i i mean 
Yeah. There's no difference. There, there, there is, is no a, difference. Could you imagine, like, what if there was, like, a crazy, crazy drought, right? Uh, I'm sure the church would be like, yeah, baptisms without all that water, fine. The LDS church, I don't think the LDS church would bow oh, I think, they would, I, I, I think They would make the people sacrifice. Don't worry, the bishop's storehouse. Okay. <laughs> Baptize your children. Eternal reward is worth more than... Than, than hydration. drinking water on earth yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if it was like if it became a legal issue though if it became yeah. like they were not allowed to use water in that way okay yeah yeah then they would find a way they yeah then then they would like whatever article of faith it is they'd like <laughs> rewrite it and just yeah. to say baptism not baptism by immersion and uh and then be like yeah no it's always it's always been that way pull the 1984 yeah like i i don't know wh what you're what you're talking about it's it's always said this it's right here look you can open the gospel library app it's right in there like yeah you know mm -hmm. don't don't worry about it um <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah we don't i don't think we need to belabor it anymore um but I think, do you have any other, any other big thoughts? I just kind of wanted to rant for a hot second. Right. Okay. No problem. Ranting's always good. Ranting's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in of terms of doctrine versus policy, um, there is no difference. And I think that, uh, just give me a second here. I think that if you're a committed member of the church, that you shouldn't hide behind that and that you shouldn't try and make. This was something that frustrated me with liberal Mormons and still frustrates me with liberal Mormons is that if you believe what your church says, then you should not be liberal about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you really believe it, you if should take is... it absolutely seriously. Like, yes, absolutely. You should be seriously. out knocking doors right now. Yeah. You know, like 4 million is not enough. Yeah. And yeah. that like, you know, to be honest with you, that was how seriously I took it when I came home from my mission. I believe like within about a month or so, me and my mom went on a road trip from Calgary to Seattle uh, to see one of, for one of my cousin's uh, marriages when my cousin was getting married and we stopped at a Dairy Queen or something like that. And I gave out a pass along card to the lady working the counter. And my mom's like, you're a little, and I'm like, mom, most important message in the whole world. Yeah. That's what Gordon B. Hinckley said. Yeah. This is the only message that will save the world from its impending doom. Like, come on. Yeah. The, 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 the lady at Dairy Queen in trail BC needs to know about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's how I was before I was mission age and realized I wasn't right. going to get my answer. Cause I wanted, like, mm -hmm. I wanted that so bad. And so yeah. I took it seriously. I thought if I take it seriously, maybe God will, you know, manifest himself to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I took it so, so seriously. Yeah. And uh, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was the crazy zealot, you know? I was the crazy person because I, you know, took what they taught in Sunday school and said, oh, okay, you know, this is real. Mm -hmm. This is for real. You know, yeah. this is not a joke. I'm going to do it. You know, oh, you're crazy. You're taking it too seriously. What the most important thing in the universe? 
Yes. I'm taking the most yeah. important thing in the universe too seriously. Yeah. Come on. Like that is the, and so I say to like Mormons who are half committed or try and um, mainstream themselves, I say, you guys have got it all wrong. If you have what you say you have, then there should be no reason to mainstream or normalize it. Right. Yeah. Same with all the change. The changes to the temple actually upset me. And they upset me because I guess when I went through the temple, I felt like I was being inducted to something that was actually ancient and mysterious. Right. Right. Yeah. It is sexist. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. It's oppressive, but if it really is what it says it is, then it's amazing. Yeah. All the things that in it are amazing. If it is what it says it is. Um. And so, yeah, so to want to change it at some level, you have to not believe in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if it, if that is true, then the relationship between God, man, and woman, that is eternal and women have to accept that. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but that's what the LDS church would imply by saying they're the only true church with all the ordinances is that their sexist viewpoint is the truth and is of ancient origin and we should adhere to that. But instead they try to 50% of the way blend in and fit in with, they try to modernize themselves. And so it's like this mysterious, weird ceremony that I got to be a part of, like you're changing it now. Right. (laughs) But it was, but this was like, they did this in Solomon's temple. This is about, this is the most important knowledge man can have the, you know, why are, why are you just mixing up and, and rearranging the whole experience? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The, the people who take it seriously get estranged. Yeah. Uh, I'd say yeah. like, <laughs> even as I've left and I don't know if any has like, has anybody made the comment to you that you took it too seriously? You know, Alex, you're probably, sorry. Elder David, Elder Elder Jackson, Jackson. your problem was, was he just took everything a little too literally? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody's made that comment to you. No, nobody's made that comment because, uh, because I had a five year, like, chemo stint, right? Right. And so then by the time I left, everybody was looking at me like, oh, well, it's because you took it all metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I think if my wife had stayed active, I don't know if I would have worked myself up enough to leave. Hmm. It was getting really, really uncomfortable when I was thinking about my kids going through youth interviews. Yeah. That was really, really, that pushed me out as much as other things did. But um, I think I could go along in a PIMO phase if that was making my family happy. Yeah. You know what I- yeah. And, and sometimes I do think about that you know, how, how much has changed Mm because my siblings have all said, wow, now we feel like you're a liar because, because I pretended for so long. I was like, well, what was I supposed to do? And also, Mm -hmm. how do you think I feel about everybody else? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so that's been a really interesting thing. Maybe a topic for another episode could be consoling people when when you leave consoling other people through your Mm -hmm. breakup (laughs) i think i think with um 
I didn't, I just know like from my own family, my own extended family with so many inactive, I've got on one side of my family, nine aunts and uncles, seven of them are totally inactive and have been totally inactive since before they finished high school. Hmm. And eventually everybody just kind of comes to terms with it. Yeah. I think. And I think, especially when you're outside of a Mormon bubble, I think that is, it's a shock. It feels like a betrayal to your active family, but I think over enough time as they spend enough time with you and realize 99% of you still the same, they just yeah. kind of get over it. They get over it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not worried about it, you know, having yeah. any long-term effects or anything on, mm-hmm. on my relationships with family. Like we're all, we're all pretty close, but it does create this weird, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like you can feel it in some conversations. You can feel where you start talking about, you know, whatever life, whatever. And it becomes mm-hmm. this kind of, well, let, and let's just tiptoe around that obstacle. Okay. Yeah. And now we're back on the normal conversation. Things are good. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's just pretend we didn't mention that. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, there's this weird walking around things because the of awkward, it. Yeah. The awkward situation I get into is that if I'm... um how do I, if I'm understanding enough when they're talking about church things and just kind of nod my head, Oh, they start talking to me as if I'm a believer still. Right. Yeah. That is a weird thing. That's a weird situation I get into. Cause I don't want to be confrontational and I don't want to be obnoxious with my family, especially. Right. 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 And so they'll talk about things from church and be like, and then, yeah. And, and I kind of nod my head cause I yeah. know all this stuff and, you know, and, and then I'm like, but you guys know, I'm not, like I'm not in a phase. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, there <laughs> not is going this, through a thing. <laughs> there, yeah, there is this weird like, oh, oh, he still believes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I had an uncle. He didn't know that I had left, and he starts yeah. talking. I might have mentioned it before, but he was talking about twins, and like, oh, right. do they have, you know, one soul or two souls? What about conjoined twins? You know, how does that work? And. He's like, yeah, what about like their spirits? And he's like talking to me about this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't, you I don't to go know, along man. With it. You know, like I was like, I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, sorry. And I, I'm not really into Marvel movies is basically, you know, like yeah. what I'd be saying. Like in my head, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm not into Marvel yeah. movies. But in his head, he he's hearing, it's a betrayal. oh, you're a heretic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like. There's yeah. this difference in yeah. in that interpretation of uh, of you know what what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, oh, that's not my thing, but thanks. And what they're hearing is, oh, you've gone astray, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, any any other thoughts, Bishop? No, that's all I've got for you. Perfect. Then uh, I'll say yeah. those things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs>